Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Shacking Up. Today is going to be a solo episode today, so I'm probably just going to talk about some personal, emotional somethings. I'm not exactly sure where this is going to go, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a very great episode. So you guys stay tuned and be ready for a very insightful and more intimate experience. So today's episode, I wanted to talk about friendship. And when I say I want to talk about friendship, I'm talking about those friendships that you have with people that are new. And when I say new, I mean something that's younger than seven years, because in my opinion, when you're in a relationship, a friendship, or whatever, it takes at least one year for you to get to know who a person is. In my opinion, others might disagree, but in my opinion, it takes an entire year only because I feel like you need to know a person because emotions and everything else shifts throughout the seasons. And with that being said, I feel like one year gives you enough time to see how a person will interact from season to season, from month to month, week to week, day to day. Um, It's definitely an interesting thing to think about when it comes down to who a person is beyond the veil. Because people will show you who they want you to see them as instead of showing you their true selves. And I understand for most people, it's basically not wanting to put all their cards on the table. Because as an avid spades player, you don't want to show your hand before time. So um, I say that to say this. There is a lot of relationships that I've been in and not just sexual or whatever. I'm talking about friendships, relationships, all that. I have realized that the only ones that really last up to seven years are the ones that I really cherish. And that's because if I'm able to get through year seven with a person, that must mean you're destined to be in my life for a while. And I say that because there are people that I have known for years that one small mishap or whatever cancels out everything. Me, myself, I'm the type of person that if I get violated by a friend, it's about three days and then I'm kind of like over it. Now, not saying that we're going to go exactly back to where we were as friends, but definitely I'm over it. And not to say that I totally cut people off after three days or whatever, but You just keep in mind what it was that took you from being the friends that you were to now knowing that in this realm of whatever the violation was, I just know that I cannot allow it to go to this point. And that's the type of things that you learn on a annual basis, because back to the knowing people for a year. There are things that go on in people's lives that are very traumatic. And there are certain times of the year 
when people tend to just not really be for it. And if any of you have had some type of traumatic something happen in your life, when that time of the year comes around, you regress to feeling all of those emotions again, if it was that traumatic or that heartfelt to you. So with that being said, if there was, say for instance, a death in your family of a person that really, really, really meant a lot to you, when that time of year comes around, there's a certain amount of sadness or depression that comes upon you that takes you to a place that you really don't want to be in. But just knowing that this has happened, it takes you somewhere mentally and emotionally that is totally different than a person is used to experiencing. Um, beyond death in the family, just say for instance, if there was a situation in your past where you remember having a falling out with a parent or a cousin or a friend or a relationship didn't go well, you broke up with this person and it was very, very traumatic or left you feeling some type of way. When that time of year comes around, all of those emotions flood back in. And like I said before, you may not show all of those emotions, but it definitely weighs on you. And then you go back to feeling all those feelings, feeling all those thoughts, recapping what happened. And it takes you to a place that is not necessarily dark, but it takes you to a place that you're not really wanting to be or used to being in. So it takes a really, really strong person to be able to bounce back from situations like that and not allow it to affect them. But it's definitely not easy. It's a tough road to travel. And when I say tough, I truly mean tough. So let's take it into more personal situations. Um, there is... Okay, let's start with death in the family because that's where I started off. My brother passed away in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. And don't look at me funny because I said if I'm not mistaken because I really am trying to get past that and know that, okay, he wouldn't want me to be feeling all of these emotions every time that time of the year comes around. But here's the situation. When that time of year comes around, it's not just me personally feeling those emotions. It's the fact that social media is what it is. And you have so many people that were impacted by the death of this one person that everyone is feeling it. So when they're feeling it, they're posting up all these pictures and memories, and it really does not help. Not saying that I wish people would stop posting or forget about his good, you know, deeds and all their good memories about him. All I'm saying is seeing it consistently can take me to a place that makes me so sad. And when I say that, like, it takes me back to an instance where I first met my brother. And when I say first met, people are looking at me like, oh, my gosh, first met. What do you mean? How long has it been? 
my brother was basically an adult before I got to actually meet him. And I say that and it makes me sad right now because I would have loved to have had an older brother that was actually in my life, meaning living in the same household or whatever, what have you. But both of my parents had children by different people. So when they came together, I was the firstborn that they'd had together. Now, mind you, I was born out of wedlock, but with that being said, as the first child that they both had together, I didn't even know about the other children. And I feel like to some extent, not saying that I'm upset with my parents or anything like that, but I feel like at some extent they were they should have introduced us earlier. Now, there's a whole lot of complications that make it not that makes it easier said than done because for the situation with my dad and his other child, that mm, is a different story for a different time, but it's definitely more complicated than my mom and her son, which is my older brother that I'm speaking about. So with that situation on my dad's side, that was whew, a lot to deal with when I actually got to that. But my brother was actually... From time to time, literally minutes away from where I was, if even that far, because I think if I could have walked to where he was in like probably all of four minutes and I didn't even know. But it was because of things that were decisions made as, you know, adults do from time to time because of the situations that they're in that make them happy you know, not so much be able to do or deal with certain things. So with those decisions being made, it's easier said than done to say, oh my gosh, they should have introduced you guys a long time ago when you guys were young. And I'm probably sure I've seen my brother, but as a child, you're like, that's stuff you don't remember once you're like 16, 17, 18. But when I finally actually got to sit down with my brother for like the first time for real, for real, it was not a pleasant meeting. Like, it's kind of like the stepdad thing where people come in and they try to tell you what to do, but you really don't know who they are. So you really don't want to listen to what they're saying. That's kind of how it happened with me and my brother, which led me, to, which leads me to this particular situation that I'm trying to get to. Me and my brother had a situation where we were in the house at the same time, and I knew who he was at this point, had been introduced to whatever, but it was something he told me to do. And for whatever reason, I was not for it. And I don't know exactly what was going on in my life at the time or why I felt the way that I felt, but... I was really, really mean to him. As a younger brother, I said some things to him that I shouldn't have said, and I really don't want to repeat because it's not important, and I can't remember what led to it, so it's not going to really make sense to tell what I said versus what happened to lead to that. But I had said some things to him that took us to a point of just not being cool, 
And um, it's not like it lingered or lasted for a long time. It was just that moment happened. We said what we said, and I said what I said, and I just felt horrible after his death. And that's the one thing that I hold on to every time I think about it. And me and my brother have a great relationship before he passed. Like, great relationship. Now, mind you, there was a lot that I wish I could have shared with my brother before he passed, but that's neither here nor there. I have two nephews now from my brother that are awesome young men, and I do what I can now as an uncle to, you know, be there for them, communicate with them. I try to get as much time as I can with them, and my most recent thing was my nephew came to visit me where I live currently because he had been working in the area because he travels for work and he had to stay with me for a couple of days. That was the most awesome couple of days, even though I didn't see him long. He came in, he went to sleep, he woke up, he went to work. When he got from work, he, you know, did what people of his age do or whatever he was doing. And then I saw him again, he went to work. And the next thing you know, he was back out of town. But the time that we spent was awesome. It was so phenomenal. I wish that the time was longer. I wish that there were more moments like that that I could have shared with him. Because when he was growing up, I was not around. I was doing so many other things. Like I was in college. Then I moved away. Then I came home for like a short period of time, moved away again. So for most of his childhood, I wasn't really around. So he really doesn't know me, which is kind of a problem for me mentally and emotionally. But I'm working through it because I try my best to communicate with them since we have so many means of communicating now with technology and all of that. And I try to remember birthdays and, you know, send stuff when I can all that. So it's not like I've totally just left them out in the dark, but I truly wish I had a stronger bond with my nephews. Now, saying all of that, in these relationships that I'm speaking about, you can't help who your family is. You're going to know them more than seven years, but let's take it to a more, uh, I want to say personal, but I don't think that's the word I want, but we're going to use personal. Let's take it to a more personal level. There are people that I meet in different states and different areas that I've lived in. And mind you, I've lived in about four or five different states. These people that I've met were very impactful to what was going on during the time of living in these locations. But when I leave these locations, those friendships don't really last. Which is why when I make new friends in an area, I really, you know, don't hold on to things as much. But let's just start with college, for instance. High school is a different story because most of the people I went to high school with were family. um, We're all in the same area. So, you know, I see them from time to time here and there and everywhere. College, on the other hand, is when I started meeting people from different states and realizing all of these different cultural differences. And it was quite an impactful time in my life, seeing as how 
I met these people that I had similar interests with due to being in a class together, living in a dorm together, being in extracurriculars together, or what have you. Now, a lot of these people, while I was at school, once again, because of the convenience, great relationships. Talk to them almost every day, see them on campus, activities, events, whatever, what have you. But once I left college, a lot of these people I did not hold to. Um, a lot of them, you know, once we left college, we left and did our own things here, there, and everywhere. But there are probably like a handful of people that I can say that I've communicated with consistently through that time. So these people have become what I call my extended family. And that in itself is wow. Like it's powerful in a sense to me because you would think people that you really don't know for real, you can't even hold a strong bond with. But there are definitely people that have made an impact on my life. And I'm pretty sure some of the listeners have had people like this that have impacted their lives so strongly that at this point, they would probably be willing to have them be a part of their wedding party if they were to get married. So saying that, leading into people that I have met on my travels from state to state, there are people that I have met that have been very impactful into what I've been doing. And for whatever reason, my mom has given me this golden heart of wanting to help people all the time. And OMG, when I help, it is freaking ridiculous. And when I say that, it's because sometimes I'll do things for folks that I wouldn't even do for my family. For instance, helping out where I can financially, being of some emotional support or whatever. And I really pour myself into people. And when people see that, they're a little taken aback because they've never met anyone like me. They don't have people in their family that do the things that I do for them. So it means a lot to them. For me, on the other hand, it is simply, this is the way I would want people to treat me. So I'm going to treat you this way. Okay. So now moving from that thought on to mistreating people. I myself personally don't like to be mistreated, but there are so many people that have mistreated me. And then there's a lot of people that I myself have mistreated. And in turn, I have had to seek, I guess I would say, inner understanding of why did I go there? And I realized that when I go there to a point of mistreating others, it's because I feel some type of hurt. And like I always tell people when I'm talking to them, and I try to practice so much that hurt people hurt people. And we have to be careful how we handle folks because you never know what trauma they have experienced in life that will take you to a traumatic time in your life or their lives that will cause them to regress, 
and all of that. So I take it back a few years to when I was really, really young, probably middle school or so, and I got my feelings hurt in middle school. And in middle school, when I got my feelings hurt, I attempted the whole wrist splitting thing. And I was cutting my wrist and allowing myself to bleed. And you know, if you know about the wrist cutting, there's a way to do it if you really wanted to go. And there's a way to do it if you just wanted to feel some pain. And in that instance, I just wanted to feel some pain to get away from the emotional pain that I was feeling. So I was doing that for quite some time. And with that being said, I was not good. Like there were so many times that I was doing that and I would always wear long sleeves and then I would always wear long pants because I was cutting myself everywhere. And it wasn't cool, but at the time I was seeing all this stuff happen with other people that were doing it because they felt sad and I felt like this is what sad people do. And I really regret doing those things because when it was finally discovered that I had been cutting my wrist and cutting myself and had all these wounds and stuff on me, like there are still places where those wounds have not healed because I had gone so hard in the paint on hurting myself. And it has really, really, really been weighing on me all these years that I did that to myself. And when I think about it, like I said, as a grown man now, I'm trying to be careful with people's emotions because I know that with everything that's going on in the world, things that people see, it can be very devastating for someone especially if they've gone through something traumatic in their lives. And that would definitely cause me so much regret, so much hurt and turmoil if someone did something like that or threatened their own life because of something I inflicted upon them. So I need to do some more inner work on myself because for whatever reason, I'm still doing this type of thing to people. And it's only after I've gone through quite a few things with people that I feel shouldn't happen because of the kind of person that I am to people. But people show you their true colors. And like Maya Angelou says, when people show you who they are, believe them. So I should have just taken what I saw from these people and said, okay, look, to this extent, I have to not deal with these people. But instead, like I said earlier, hurt people hurt people. Because I felt some type of way, I inflict these emotions back off onto the person because I don't want to feel these emotions. Because like we know from grade school, energy is neither lost or destroyed, just transferred or transformed. And what I'm learning to do now is to take any negative energy that people inflict upon me and repurpose that into positivity of some sort by doing something positive with that negative energy. It, 
and let it drive me towards what I'm trying to do with my life. So with that being said, I'm going to stop here, take a break. Mm -hmm. And I just want to let you guys know that we must be careful with not only other people's emotions and feelings and stuff, but with your own emotions and feelings, because there's never a time where you should do anything that should inflict harm upon yourself, because that's never the answer. So stay tuned and I'll be back for a closing to this particular episode. And I thank you guys once again for listening. So as a closing to this episode, I just want to say that for whatever reason, a lot of people tend to tell you that psychology or therapy or whatever is for weak-minded people or what have you. But I promise you, the strongest people in this world need some type of therapy, whether it's actually going to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, I mean, I'm sorry, going to a psychologist or having that one person that you can go talk to about things that are inflicting these emotions on you so that you can clear your head, get some positive feedback. And mind you, the person that you go to, they are not always going to be the best option. But if they're the only option that you have, I just pray that this person that you go to has the wherewithal to give you positive feedback or just listen. Because for the most part, that's all we want is for someone to hear us out. And if we can get to a point where someone can just listen to what we're saying, hear us out, and allow us that time to get that off our chest, we'll be able to work through things a whole lot easier. But I promise you, there is nothing that should come up in your mind to make you feel like you shouldn't cause yourself any bodily harm or do anything that was detrimental to your health because of the way you feel or because of something someone did to you. What I need you guys to understand is that as we grow and as we learn, we must remember that things are going to happen to us and we must continue to do what we need to do for self to make sure that we are okay. So with that being said, if you feel that you need some type of counseling of sorts, therapy or whatever, what have you, please, by all means, go and seek that counseling because a mind is very, very fickle when it comes to what we should do versus what we feel like doing. And a lot of people in this world tend to go with emotions more than logic, which is the human or fleshly thing to do. So don't hinder yourself by saying, oh, counseling is only for those with a weak mind or whatever colloquialisms people say about counseling. It's definitely something that everyone needs. Even the counselors that counsel people need counseling. So with that, I want to say to you all, please take care of your mental health, take care of your emotional health, and do some self-love because we are in a very devastating time in these ages that we're currently in where so much is going on. 
It's hard to keep up with everything that's going on. And if you focus on things that are surrounded by negative energy, you're going to be definitely inflicted with that. And it's going to cause you to do things that you yourself know you wouldn't do if you weren't feeling the way you felt. So get your mind right. And when your mind and your emotions or your heart are in tune, there is nothing that anyone can do to you or cause you to do to yourself. So with that, love yourself, love your neighbors, treat others as you would like to be treated. And when you don't receive that in reciprocation, reciprocation, don't think it's the end of the world. Just continue to do what you know needs to be done and love yourself. At the end of the day, that's all we can do. You can't make anyone feel any type of way. You can't make them treat you the way you want them to treat you. You can only do your part and expect to receive reciprocation. And if you don't, then you know that this is a road that you do not need to travel. So I love you all. I thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next time on Shacking Up. Okay, everyone, you can find me on all social media platforms at Shack Daddy. That's S-H-A-C-K-D-A-D-D-I-E. Shack Daddy. And Ashton, hit him with your social.